Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast is an edited recording from our Sunday morning service held on August 13th, 2023. For news and information, and to find out how to join us, please visit www.stjamesleith.org.uk. reflecting and leading a Eucharist. Um, so it's lovely to see everyone here. Uh, it's lovely to see everyone at home or in, uh, on holiday or in your interesting spaces, wherever you are. Um, so welcome, everybody. We're going to start, as usual, with a candle being lit, which, is that Elizabeth? Or somebody's going to light a candle? <laughs> ah, Katie. Sorry, swapped without telling me. <laughs> We're an informal church. (laughs) So Katie will light the candle and it'll be followed um, once the candle's been lit by a singing bowl and a few moments silence to um, bring us into the presence or the recognition of the presence of God here. With nature in its power and beauty, with rain and wind and sunshine, with the ancient rocks and the budding flower, we gather in praise of God. With believers and seekers the whole world wide, with people in every land and speakers of every language, we gather in praise of God with angels and saints in heaven, and with all who have worshipped in this space, we gather in praise of God. With Jesus, who promised his presence, and the Spirit, who showers her blessings, we gather in praise of God. Here, let heaven and earth embrace. Here, may God's people find home. Amen. Amen. So I invite you to stand for this first
remain standing for the confession. Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourselves and to each other. May all that is unfree in you be released. And may you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen. Amen. reading today is taken from Romans chapter 10 and reading from verses 5 to 15. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law, that the person who does these things will live by them. 
But the righteousness that comes from faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or, Who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. is taken from Matthew chapter 14 beginning at verse 22. Glory to Christ our Savior. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. He went up, can we do this differently? Because it's, it's story time isn't it? and it's fringe time. So why don't we put down our, you don't have to read, you don't have to follow, sit down. And there's going to be a storm. (laughs) So we need some noise. Um, So a a very traditional Scottish way of making a noise is, is with the feet. And because it's a storm at sea, and you've got the bits of paper, you've got white horses, so I wonder if we could, if we could do a Mexican wave. <laughs> Think we could manage that, and including uh, people at home. So if we start, let's, I, I've no idea if this is going to. This may be a disaster, but let's see. 
if we can do a Mexican wave starting here, going all around and coming back and, and at home, if you can uh, wave your hands or if you've got paper or something. And can we get a wide shot so they can see the whole, see everybody? Let's try a Mexican wave. So starting here. And then. Great, and down, and home. And with the feet this time, with the noise of the storm. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Very good. Okay, that's more fun, I think. <laughs> Start again, shall we? And though you do have a few lines, though, so, but you don't have to, don't follow, don't follow, but you've got two simple, simple lines, because in the middle you have to say, it is a ghost. So you can say, it is a ghost, it is a ghost, it's a ghost, it's a ghost, the different, you know, squeaky voices and scared voices. And then the very end, uh, everyone, we all say together, truly you are the son of God. So it is a ghost, and I'll cue you in, so you don't have to look at your sheets. They're just your white horses. Okay, let's go. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. He went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. Proper Mexican way. Very good. Very good. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep the noise going. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the gospel, good news for all. Praise, Praise to you, I had no idea how to follow that. I actually had no idea that was happening either. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we pray? Shall we pray? <laughs> Loving God, thank you for these wonderful stories that have been handed down to us. And it's so good to have one of these stories brought alive to us this morning. So open our hearts and open our ears so that we may learn 
from these stories how to live our lives fully and with courage and with beauty. Amen. Well, thank you, uh, Richard, for that. Um, and a uh, sad person that I am, um, I, I really enjoy reading church notices. Um, they actually tell you, if you read between the lines, they tell you an awful lot um, about a church. But I probably do it for all the wrong reasons. I, it's probably more out of amusement than anything else. And I did see a notice for this week. Um, I won't name the church. It's not that far from here that I said, uh, morning service, uh, Jesus walking on water. Evening service, searching for Jesus. <laughs> So, um, I'm actually, I think they probably thought that Jesus sank somewhere, um, and I, it's a good thing that he didn't uh, sink, because it would be a lot harder to, to preach a positive uh, message um, on it. Um, but today's story, as uh, Richard so wonderfully illustrated, we have this well-known uh, story uh, of Jesus and Peter both. The interesting thing is they both walk on water. We often forget uh, that uh, Peter walked on water too. And it's a great story of miraculous happenings, but rather than dwell on the miraculous, um, I want to look at it as a story, as a parable, because I think a lot of the stories in the Bible, if we look at it as a parable, that's not to say I'm saying it didn't happen, but if we look at it as a parable and we see the symbolism and metaphor within it, I think we can best tease out the meaning uh, for the story for us today. So the story starts with Jesus wanting time alone, uh, a bit of liminal space, which I talked in detail about last week. So he goes up the mountain to pray, and that's still in many cultures today, people uh, will go up the mountain to be alone and pray uh, to God. And then he sends the disciples across the lake. Now, whenever Jesus sends the disciples across the Sea of Galilee, uh, it's a sign that he wants to bring them to cross a threshold of some kind, to a new level of consciousness, a new way of thinking, to teach them something important. So whenever that happens, we should be sort of our antennae should be up. What is it that Jesus is trying to teach the disciples and us? And while up the mountain, as evening comes, the storm begins to brew, and he sees the boat buffeted by the waves. And interestingly, he waits until the morning uh, with a new dawn emerging before he goes onto the water and walks towards the boat. And as we, in our reading, understandably, the disciples do not expect or even imagine that Jesus can walk on water, and they began to be afraid, and they think that he is a ghost. And Jesus responds reassuringly and says, Take heart, don't be afraid. Peter cries out, If it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Fantastic encounter. And I think the encounter tells us a lot. Uh, firstly, because Jesus, he's not 100% sure that it's Jesus. There's no certainty that the person on the, on the lake is Jesus. 
Secondly, the idea of getting out of the boat comes from Peter. He initiates it, not Jesus. And thirdly, he wants a command. He says, command me to come out of the boat. But instead, Jesus doesn't really command, but invites Peter to come out and says, come, come. And I think that distinction between command and invitation is hugely significant. I think it's really, for me, the difference between um, a kind of uh, infant faith and a more mature faith. Because a command goes some way of absolving Peter from responsibility of what happens. You know, he could easily say, well, it, you know, Jesus, you commanded me to go on the water. If I sink, well, you know, you're to blame. You're partly responsible for me uh, sinking. Whereas an invitation gives Peter the freedom to choose whether to make the step out of the boat. And therefore, he has to take some responsibility for that decision. And in my experience, God often invites us into new beginnings rather than commands us. Because God wants us to act out of our own freedom. And this freedom is, is actually quite a scary thing. Because with it, we then have to take responsibility for our actions, for our choices. We effectively become accountable for our decisions and the choices that we make. So God, in my experience, seems to always honor and value our freedom to choose and will support us even if in hindsight we might make the wrong choice. So Peter has the freedom to choose and he makes the decision to get out of the boat. And again, this is extraordinary as I said at the beginning, because Peter also walks on water. And I think this is the, the change of consciousness, the new way of thinking that Jesus is trying to communicate. He's effectively saying to, to Peter, you can do what I do. You too can metaphorically walk on water. You too can do amazing miraculous things in your life and actually Jesus was right this illiterate fisherman from Galilee became the rock on which the church was built he effectively learned to walk on water and do the things that Jesus did he learned to preach and to teach to heal to be a leader and fisher of people and I think Peter's willingness to step out of the boat was what marked Peter as a leader. And I think this is maybe where Jesus singles him out to be that rock on which his movement and uh, on which the church was later to be founded on. And I quote from a wonderful book uh, called Confronting Our Freedom um, that by Peter Brock and Peter Kosenboom, um, who's a philosopher which says leadership is the willingness to initiate the world, to involve ourselves and others in producing what did not exist before. So I'll just repeat that. Leadership is the willingness to initiate the world, 
to involve ourselves and others in producing what did not exist before. In other words, to co-create with God and others the birth of something new. And he goes on to say, to do this, the willingness, there has to be a willingness to step into uncertainty. In other words, this is exactly what Peter does. He has a willingness to step out of the boat into uncertainty. And I believe that in churches or any organization, uh, the leadership is much more, the leaders are much more abundant than we imagine. That there are always numerous leaders who, if given the right conditions and the freedom to make choices, are willing to step out of the boat into uncertainty and be incredibly creative. So I just had an example this morning of Richard taking on the gospel. Uh, he had no idea whether, whether that would work or not. It could have absolutely fallen flat, but he took the initiative. Uh, and I mean, it's a small example, but it illustrates this idea that within a community, I think there are lots and lots of leaders who can be willing, if encouraged, to step out of the boat into uncertainty and be incredibly creative. But I think first, a change of consciousness and culture is often required, both in churches and organizations. A change from a consumer-based mindset where we attend church or we attend whatever group we're in and we make judgments about it from an outside perspective, whether it fulfills this criteria, that criteria, what in our minds make a good communion, community rather. And I think we have to move from that consumer-based way of looking at community to a more participatory one where we use our freedom to act and choose to create with God, and if, a, if it's a faith community and others, the community we want the community uh, to be. So it's giving people the freedom to make that choice, not coercing them, but the freedom to make those choices. And with that freedom comes responsibility for the choices that they make. So the accountability automatically comes with the freedom. And hopefully uh, with that, the freedom of different leaders in a community they have to be aligned with the core values and aims. Otherwise, it might be the right time to choose to put energy into another community which is congruent with the values that you have. And when we do this, we spend less energy on critiquing, judging, blaming when things aren't right and more into actively changing things. Our sense of ownership and belonging increases. So if we go back to the story where we come to the critical moment when Peter, as he is walking towards Jesus, notices the strong wind, becomes frightened, and begins to sink. When we were discussing this, uh, planning the service, Richard Adams uh, had this image of, I don't know if you remember, Coyote and the uh, Roadrunner? And Coyote would run off the cliff and he'd be running, his legs would be going like that. And then suddenly he'd look down and realize that he was off the end and then he'd sink. Um, 
And the usual inter interpretation for this message is you keep your eyes on Jesus, otherwise you're, you're going to sink. Um, and N.T. Wright uh, sort of describes this very, very well. He says, there are many times when Jesus asks us to do what seems impossible, how can we even begin to do the task he's called us to do? Of course, if we are like Peter, look at the waves, be, uh, look at the waves being lashed by the wind, we will conclude it is impossible. And what we are called to do is to keep our eyes on Jesus. And I think there is some merit in this interpretation as Jesus reaches out his hand to save Peter and says, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? But I believe that Jesus is also saying, Why didn't you have faith in yourself? Why did you doubt yourself? Now, this might seem heretical and the reverse of what we're taught in Christian, that we trust in God. Um, but throughout the Bible, God constantly puts his trust in us. And I think he gives us that freedom uh, to make choices and trust us. And Brueggemann, the famous Old Testament uh, scholar, actually wrote a book in uh, which um, instead of in God we trust it, he actually put in humanity we trust. He reversed, he looked at the Old Testament and reversed that, that saying. The importance of trust God, yes, but also trust yourselves. Jesus is saying, you can do what I do. And if you take it a step back, Jesus in uh, other stories says to the disciples, I can only do what the Father is doing. I can't do miracles outside this Trinitarian dance of Father, Mother, Holy Spirit, Son, Daughter. And he's constantly saying, you are sons and daughters of God. You too can join this dance and do what I do. You too can metaphorically walk on water if you trust in the ultimate source of creativity and love. And this source is not out there in the sky, but within you and within us. So trusting and having faith in yourself is very closely allied to trusting and having faith in God. And of course, when we move into new areas of our lives, we might make wrong decisions. But God will still be with us. St. Paul says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And I think that's a good job description of God. He redeems things. He redeems our bad choices. He redeems things when they go wrong. The important thing is that we do it with right intention and motive. So let us have the courage to get out of the boat and go into uncertainty, trusting in God, but also learning to trust ourselves. And I think that's where the battle is. God trusts us. Jesus trusts Peter to come out, come out the boat. It's trusting in ourselves. That is the way that we will initiate a new world around us. When we do get out of the boat, like Peter, we will always hear the inner critic, the old voices, maybe parental or a teacher, what I call the cop in the head, bringing up all the reasons why we can't walk on water. Like, who do you really think you are? What right have you got to be doing that? 
Really, you think that that would happen? You failed before many times. All those inner critics that we have. And we all have various cops in the head which will make us sink. We all carry with us doubts. That is part of being human. But Jesus says, stop letting your doubts and fears prevent you from walking on water. Believe in me, yes, but believe in yourself. Go for it. Keep the end in mind. Uh, and I'm just going to ask uh, Alex if he put up a picture, which is a fantastic picture in Judas and Jeffrey's uh, uh, house of an empty boat. I don't know if you can get it. As an image that we might be moving into something new, be moving and getting out of the boat. So Jesus is moving us into a new level of consciousness. It may or may, may not come up, but at some, some point it might. So I'm just going to end by saying we, we are given huge freedom and capacity to make choices. But with that comes huge responsibility. So let us use that freedom courageously and not to stay on the sidelines or in the boat observing and critiquing our world, but to use our freedom to participate in creating community, the community, the world that we want to be part of. In other words, be co-creators with God and others to make what we want uh, to happen, to make it real. And when we do step out of the boat to this uh, place of uncertainty, let us trust both in God and ourselves. And as a community, we are in that place. We are, in a sense, stepping out with the building, with uh, being increasingly connected, hopefully, with our community. Let us step out into that uncertainty, both trusting in God, but also trusting in ourselves, in our gifts, uh, in our ability to make it happen. Amen. I've only ever once been in a boat where ship when uh, I felt threatened and where there were lives at stake and I can still remember all these years on the kind of threat and feel and the fear of that. So I've got a lot of feeling for this reading of understanding the terror and the fear the disciples were feeling, but also that stretching out their hand to Jesus uh, in faith. So as we pray today, I want to invite you to maybe just lay your hand on your knee or stretch it out if you like, uh, in a way, as a way of sort of stretching out to God metaphorically as we sit here and pray. And at the end of each prayer, I'm going to finish off with uh, a few words that say, when we are troubled and our hearts are fearful, and I would ask you to respond by saying, help us to step out in faith and act. When we are troubled and our hearts are fearful, help us to step out in faith and act. I hope we can read all this because I'm blinded by, by fights that are down here for the, the show, I think. So let's just uh, open our hearts because we're stretching out to God in prayer. And at the end of each prayer there will be a short pause where I want to invite you to metaphorically stretch out 
and make your own prayers and come before Jesus. So Lord, we bring ourselves before you now. We come before you sometimes with the stormy seas of life, sometimes beset by waves of worry and doubt and concern. So we just open our hearts individually and as a congregation to you today. When we are troubled and our hearts fearful, help us to step out in faith and act. So Lord, we pray for all these we know, and even those we don't know, who are living through rough seas and storms in their life at this moment. We think of those suffering constant pain, those with a life-threatening diagnosis, those grieving the loss of family or friends, those with mental illness or depression or anxiety, those with addictions. So Lord, reach out and lift them up to you. Help them to know your presence and reassure them that you will never let them go. When we are troubled and our hearts are fearful, help us to step out in faith and act. And Lord, we bring before you the beautiful world which you have created. Our weather has changed. We see rising temperatures, storms in nature such as we have never seen before. Crops decide, destroyed. Farmers despairing, and in the face of this, we confess our lack of courage. You tell us to trust you, but we're battered by doubts that our political leaders have the courage to take the steps that will sustain our world in which people will live. So today we hold all political leaders up to you asking that you will give them the courage to take risky, perhaps risky, political decisions to save your planet for the people you love. When we are troubled and our hearts are fearful, help us to step out in faith, faith and act. And Lord, we bring before you the millions of migrants travelling the world, risking their lives in small boats like the disciples, driven by the political storms, by war and conflict, by poverty, by hunger, and sometimes just for 
a better life they see in richer countries. We often feel overwhelmed by the need of these people. So today we hold up all our political leaders to you, asking that you will give the courage to the politicians to take steps to find positive solutions that help refugees, that help us stabilise a world in which all have the things they need. And help us, Lord, to fix our eyes on you, that we too may personally reach out and work out ways to find solutions. When we are troubled and our hearts fearful, help us to step out in faith and act. And Lord, we bring our world to you, a world full of turmoil and unrest and the storms of war all over. We pray for those caught up in conflict for families worrying about their safety, for those living in fear of their homes being destroyed. That, so we thank you for all the agencies that give them practical support and help them to look to you for the support and guide they need. So we pray for all those caught up in ongoing conflicts in Yemen and Ukraine and Afghanistan and Niger. Lord, give them political leaders who have strategies to bring about peace. And please help them to find comfort in you day by day. When we are troubled and our hearts are fearful, help us to step, step out, out in faith, in faith and act. So loving God, you know all our hopes and fears. Give us the courage to put our anxious and fearful thoughts aside and to listen to you. Help us to stretch out our hand day by day as we open our hearts to you and be steadfast in the knowledge that you are with us when life is good and with us when the storms in our life are bad. Thank you that you never take your eyes from us, even although we might forget you when things get on top of us. Help us always to reach out to you for support and help and give us the courage to follow you even when we can't see the way ahead. Increase our faith and strengthen us as we call on you to hear our prayers today. So we commit this week to you. Go before us and up to all the places we expect to be and help us to find in new and unexpected places and situations your presence. But remember all those starting new things this week. Remember teachers and young people going back to school. 
others starting new jobs. And we just pray, Lord, that you will be with them. And help us to listen to your voice beyond our busyness or our relaxation or our anxiety or our difficulty. And help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. Help us not to just look down and see only the difficulties. And give us your perspective to see all the possibilities that you have in store for us this week. So we ask these prayers in the name of Jesus, who stretched out his hand to us. Amen.
God, we thank you that you are with us and within us. We are able to trust in you implicitly. So we ask that you would help us to continue our journey of learning to trust ourselves in you. Amen. So I pray our prayer of thanksgiving together. Almighty God, eternal God, God, you have revealed yourself as Father, Son, Son, and Holy Spirit, and live live and reign in the perfect unity of love. Hold Hold us firm in this faith, that we may know you in all your ways, and evermore rejoice in your eternal glory, who are three persons, yet one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you.